Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Karen Support Podcast. Um, as every week, we have great content for all of you in the healthcare industry. And today, we have a very special uh, interview because we have a healthcare worker from all the way from British Columbia who's going to talk to us about his journey, um, his career, career, and his passions. So, with us here, we have Stu, who is a TikTok star and uh, a uh, healthcare assistant from BC. Hi, Stu. How are you? Not too bad. How are you guys doing today? We're great. We're so happy to have you, especially Kaylee here, because um, she really is a good fan of yours from TikTok. <laughs> I have a I, I have a pretty sturdy following. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've seen that. I'm not on TikTok uh, like uh, myself, but I do know that you are a superstar there. So. <laughs> It's so great to have you. Um, well, Thank so you. we can get started right away. And I, I just have one main question. Hmm? Tell us about yourself and your journey in healthcare. Um, it's, it's sort of roundabout. I, I, I wish I discovered my passion for it earlier in life. Um, prior to being an HCA, I was a, a cook for about 18 years. Um, and it started off about nine, eight or nine years ago. I started... Uh, volunteering at a local long-term care facility um, in my town and I just loved everything about it. I loved interacting with the residents. I loved, I was one of the only volunteers that went over onto the special care, like the lockdown dementia side of the building. And I just, I just loved it. I loved spending time there and um, it got to the point where I was going over to volunteer, you know, four, four days a week, five days a week. And, um, Finally, my wife actually pointed out, she's like, you know, you could do this. You don't have to, you know, you could do it all the time, not just, you know, on your on your weekends and time off. And I was like, OK, hold on. That's a good idea. Like, I just sort of thought it as, as a side thing. And I got my foot in the door in healthcare, actually, in support services, um, working in uh, food services and as a cook in the facility that I currently work in. Um, went over into housekeeping for um, the next year or so and laundry and whatnot and paid my or got into school. So I was working while I was going to school as an HCA and just walked right into once I was done school the next I went straight into being an HCA um, and I have never once looked back. Um, it is the greatest. Like I said, I wish I'd found my calling for it, you know, 20 years ago. But um, I, the way I put it to people is when people talk about it, like, you know, uh, when people say they have to go to work, you know, oh, I got to go to work today or whatever. I'm like, I get to go to work. I, I love going. To, I love being there. I when I the last time I took holidays and I was basically made to, you know, they said, OK, take all your time off and don't show up. I made it mm, three days before I found a reason to go in and do some paperwork and hang out with uh, my residents. Because they become your, they become like a family to you, and you just if you if I if I'm away from there for you know three or four days, I I miss my residence. I feel like I'm out of the loop, and yeah, I I I, I joke around with the residents that uh, when I'm ready to retire, they'll have a room ready for me. <laughs> so one of the reasons we reached out to you was I saw the video on TikTok where someone posed a question about what's one thing you wish the general public knew about your specialty in healthcare, but they don't. 
and yeah. the response that you gave to that video like you're you're following um and like the likes and stuff you're on the video are massive um but the the response that you gave was just so heartfelt and so heartwarming and it just to me it just spoke to me about um the misunderstandings about um your particular job um would you like to share with our listeners more about like what you had talked about on that TikTok video? Yeah, I actually uh, filmed that in my car outside of work after a shift. Um, I had seen that. It was one of the, the stitch things you can do on TikTok. And that was a question. Yeah, the lady asked, she's like, you know, what do you what do you what what do you wish the general public knew? And I mean, I've had. A number of people. Um, over the over over time and now uh, you know online and sometimes in real life you know they say oh well you you know you change diapers for a living you know you wipe bums for a living you you know there's a there's a misconception of being an hca is you uh you know you sit there and you know help you know feed grandma applesauce as it were and the thing that i discovered is the unless you have a family member in long-term care there's a lot of people that don't realize what HCAs do and the amount of out work and um, just emotional and physical energy it takes. Um, and in my video, I talk about that. I'm like, you know, I mean, people think we just, you know, wipe bums. And it's like, no, I help your mom get dressed. I help your grandpa have a shave and feel clean. Um, I help them uh, roll over at night so they don't get bed sores. Um, I basically we, I should say, not me, I, we give them the ability to live as close to the life they had prior to needing help as we can um, and making sure that they have that dignity. Um, and I felt I just that's one of the things that I always sort of felt was people have a very narrow view of what of what we do. Um, and unless you've been in the been in the industry or worked in healthcare or have a family member, because that's the thing I had in the comment section was a lot of it was people saying, you know, thank you, thank you, and you guys are, you know, not all heroes wear capes. But the comments that really struck me on that video were the ones where, you know, thank you so much. My dad was in healthcare, or I mean, in long-term care. You know, you guys, thank you for being there when we couldn't. You know, and that's the thing is, I think people for the most part, think that it's also a job. We go there, we we go, we show up to work, we help the people, we go home and that's it. And it's like, no, we, most HCAs have, we're very emotional about our work um, and the people that we're entrusted to care for. Um, and we don't just leave it at work, we bring it home, we, you know, um, yeah, sorry, I sort of rambled on there a little bit, but um, no, yeah, I get it. Um, and do you consider yourself uh, successful at this point? How long have you been doing this? I have been uh, full time carried for two years now. Okay. Um, I've been in the end. I've been in. I've been in long term care for four years. Like I said, I'd volunteered before that, but. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, that you you know you're climbing the success ladder and and what lessons have you learned about how to succeed in this field you got to care about what you do um 
and you gotta it's not like i said it's not a job um the biggest thing is when if you're a carrier or if you want to be a care uh healthcare assistant when you go into uh work the people that you're caring for they're not a job you know they're not a list of tasks that need to be checked off by the end of your shift they're people and if if you want to be respected both by your peers your family the families of the residents your peers your the administration is you, you can't look at it like a job i mean it is but you can't you know there there it, within the sort of hca scope there's um you can tell when within like a workplace oh those are the people that are task oriented and those are the people that are resident oriented you know and if you want to be successful and you know be respected i uh, i would say you got to be resident oriented people oriented we're about taking care of people we're not about completing a list of tasks so um with that said like we are in the month where a lot of um schools are letting out um students hcas psws nurses all different kinds of healthcare workers are coming into the field um so when it comes to being um an hca uh what do you think the most important skills would be for those students to develop or to work on developing over their career i think when it comes to i mean hcas have a pretty broad scope i mean in the sense of um what you can do and where you can work um everybody has their niche um it's the same with any any uh section of healthcare. i have a couple of friends that are pediatric nurses that are just they're amazing human beings they're amazing at their jobs i could never do it um i couldn't work with uh peds or kids because um the first sick kid I met would break my heart. I wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, whereas in long-term care, you know, with I have my residents where they're, they're sort of at the other end of the uh, life journey. And for me, that's where I shine. Um, so I think it's a matter of if you're gonna be an HCA or a nurse or anything is you've got to, you wanna pick the sort of area of healthcare where you're gonna be most effective and where you can most, uh, emotionally handle it um, because we do deal with I mean when you're dealing in long-term care especially you you're dealing with death you're dealing with people passing away reasonably frequently and um, but some deaths are peaceful and some aren't and you have to be able to handle both of those um, so a lot of it's just making sure you're emotionally you know you're that you're emotionally prepared for what you're getting into beyond the, the tasks you prepare the tasks that you do and getting people ready and helping the meat and cleaning and all that it's um you feel it every time you lose a resident you feel it yeah and speaking of death because a lot of people um don't want to think about that but it does affect healthcare workers what other challenges are there in your work that affect you emotionally and and you know in general and what kind of strategies do you apply to overcome these challenges um well like i said i mean you've got to be able to handle people passing away um emotionally and they're people that you can have cared for for i mean i've had residents that i've cared for for the from the day i walked in and then two years later that you know i cared for them for two years and then they pass away and it's it's tough you got to be prepared for that um and 
not necessarily to compartmentalize and block it, but you got to be ready to handle those emotions. Um, you've also got to be able to work with a large variety of people and personalities um, professionally. Um, there is a vast scope of people that uh, work in healthcare and especially with HCAs um, in just from gender to age range to ethnicity to where they came from. I mean, it's a huge um, swath of people and you have to be able to work with all of them and you might not like all of them. You know, I mean, I'm the I'm generally a really um, easygoing, friendly, likable guy, but I've had coworkers that don't like me. Um, I know it's surprising to everybody, but, um, you know, but you've got to be able to put that aside and give the best care you can, um, even with people that you wouldn't get along with on the street necessarily, or you wouldn't have over for uh, a hockey night. Um, and you've also, the other thing that you've got to learn that they don't, it's almost, you almost have to learn it on the job is, uh, interacting with families um you're especially at end of life um you're interacting with families at one of the worst you know worst times in their their lives they're losing a loved one um and you have to be compassionate and caring and uh empathetic and you have to maintain that even if they're yelling at you um, and upset with you because they may not understand the process of what happens when someone dies or they may think their loved ones in more pain than they are and they're going to take it out on you you know and you have to be able to understand why they're you know treating you that way absorb it and give back kindness and give back compassion because they're not doing it because they're mad at you they're doing it because they're feeling a loss they're losing somebody if there was one piece of advice that you could give or recommendation that you could give to other HCAs or people looking to become an HCA, what would that piece of advice be? Especially if you're going into long-term care, um, and I have sort of a intra, intra, sort of an internal perspective on this because just after I had uh, graduated from school as an HCA, um, my dad was in a very serious car accident um, and wound up breaking his back. And he is now and was in you know hospital and rehab for six months and is now in a wheelchair and uh, has to have home care come in um, to their home uh, twice a day to help them out in the morning. This and that, um, but yeah, he has to have home care come in to help him in the mornings and in the evenings and that. Um, and the biggest piece of advice I can tell you, and I, I thought this way beforehand, and I think of it even more now because of my fa my father's situation, and I've seen that some of the carries that do come into their home, is treat every single person you care for like family. Um, and just in the back of your mind, always have, how would I want my mom treated? How would I want my dad treated? How would I want them cared for? And if you keep that in the back of your mind, um, whenever you interact or whenever you're caring for somebody, you'll you're guaranteed success. 
in in especially in long-term care because that's my specialty but anywhere in healthcare but just think of everyone that you meet as family or how you would treat them as family well said that's really very beautiful because at the end of the day either one of our family members will end up in long-term care or we will in the future so mm -hmm. you know it's just like doing our part now so that we can benefit from that later not culture of generosity and kindness that should prevail in healthcare. so something that you had mentioned when we had uh, emailed back and forth with your picture was that you're known for your pink scrubs. And I was wondering if you could uh, elaborate on that for me. I'm sort of known for my pink everything. Um, I picked up a, it just turned into a calling card after all. Like I've got, um, it started off with like, um, I can't remember, I found a pink, I found a pink hoodie someplace in my size. And it just sort of went from there. And then I found uh, pink scrubs online. Um, and of course, I'm the only, I'm in a reasonably female dominated uh, industry, being uh, one of the, you know, eight guys that work at my facility, being the one that, you know, wears pinks, you know, stands out. Um, and now I have like, it's just sort of a calling card. I have, I have pink scrub tops. I have pink scrub bottoms. I have pink compression socks. Uh, pink hoodies I have on the back of my and my wife's vehicles. We have uh, pink uh, decals that say scrub life. And it just sort of, I mean, it, it, it works twofold. One, it's sort of part, just sort of part of my personality. I mean, you see a 400 pound, six foot two, 400 pound man wearing pink scrubs or a pink hoodie. It's, he's obviously secure. And um, what I found, especially in long-term care is when they, you know, with, with the residents, when, when names and things start to uh, evade, you know, and their cognitive level declines and they don't remember names and they not necessarily remember faces that well, but they remember the big guy in pink. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I just wanted to ask you, um, I think we should probably add a question about how do you feel about being like plus size in the healthcare industry? Is that something you're comfortable talking about? Oh, sure. I, it's like half the reason I think I got hired. <laughs> I just I just want to know to re reach to reach tall things and lift heavy things. OK, good. I'm just I just want to know because patients usually have such a hard time in healthcare in general, like when you're plus size. I know that I've gone through it and I just want to know from like the healthcare worker perspective how that is. So it's actually a benefit. I mean, a lot of times, especially it's kind of like being a, a guy. And again, it's a very tends to be a very female dominated. Uh, I don't want to say dominated, but the majority of healthcare work, healthcare aides and that are female. Um, so when you have, I mean, on twofold, um, I mean, one, it's just nice to have you know, tall people that can reach the top shelf. But what I have found actually with a lot of the uh, residents, especially older women, um is they kind of gravitate towards us like when you're being moved around in a you know if you're being moved around in a bed or boosted or lifted or anything like that or help helps in some way um there's a comfort level in knowing that there's okay here's a you know six foot two four hundred pound guy that can hold you and carry you and it, like if you, we have to roll them to one side of the bed i always like that's why i tell them like don't worry there's a 400 pound roadblock in front of you you're not going anywhere um I which is comforting to them versus, you know, a five foot two, 
110 pound 20 year old. Right, right. Uh, well, thank you so much um, to Stu for talking to us and just spending this time with us. I I am really happy that somebody like you is part of the health, uh, the care and support community and the healthcare industry as a whole. And um, I really hope that you keep um, inspiring others to follow this path and just be the best version of themselves at work. Because a lot of people, you know, focus, you know, on, on other aspects of their lives, but don't bring their best self to work. And you clearly do. So just thank you so much for that. And um, everybody listening to us, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you.